You are now in tune to a 726 studio production. <laughs> yeah, let me stop my shit. Yo, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of Planet Josh. So as you can tell based on the title of this episode, I'm going to be talking about Taiwan. Specifically, why I decided to study in Taiwan and what the journey was like traveling across the world recapping the first day in Taiwan. And last but not least, talk about things I like and don't like about the country. So to start things off, we got to take a trip down memory lane. So this is now early 2018. And at that time, I was working at the Social Security Board of Police for about a year and a half. And well, it was a job, to be honest, that I wasn't too fond of. At first, when I worked in my hometown, like I had a good time working with those people. But when I moved to the headquarters, it was a little bit shaky, very much different based on the different people that are there, you know, a different environment. And don't get me wrong, there were good times, but more often than not, it felt like I was living in hell and I wasn't really happy being there. But then at the same time, I was also not happy with my current degree, which was that of an associate's degree, a two-year degree. So I started thinking like, you know, I think it's time for me to go back to school and at least get my bachelor's degree, which is usually what, two more years. But, you know, at that time I'm working. So if I go to school, it's only going to be part time. And well, it won't be two years anymore. It's going to be much longer than that. And I started thinking about how stressful it would be. For example, you go to work at 8 a.m. all the way to 5 p.m. And then after work, then you got to go to school and you get home maybe after eight in the night. You go to sleep after all of that and you wake up and it's the same cycle over and over again. I'm like, damn, it's already stressful waking up just to go to work, much less after work, have to go to school and then have to do homework and all that different stuff. And I'm like, I wish I could just stop working and go to school full time. But, you know, though it was possible, why would I give up? a set source of income. And that's when I was talking to one of my friends who were studying in Taiwan at the time. And she was like, why don't you apply to Taiwan? And I started thinking, why would I waste my time to apply? Because what are the chances of me be being accepted? And then I thought about this one quote that's applicable to sports, but also in life. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So I started thinking, it doesn't hurt to try and apply. If I don't get it, so be it. But at least I tried to get it. So, you know, I did everything that you, that you have to do to apply. It was a bit hectic going from Belmopan to Belicity and back and forth numerous times. You have to go to different offices to get stuff done. You know, it wasn't the most relaxing process, but nonetheless, I did it. And to be honest, so the deadline was on my birthday. And so I, sub I went into the embassy and I took in my application on my birthday. And like maybe a month later, I decided, let me go and check out the Ming Chuan website, which is the name of my school, right? So I went on the website and I saw that I forgot to press a specific button on the application site. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm for sure not getting this scholarship because, well, I didn't press this button. And well, I did press it at that time, but it was much long, like way later than the actual deadline. So I gave up hope on it. But a part of me was like, maybe let's see what happens. So now, later on, in maybe around June, 
I have not yet received an email from the school or from the scholarship program. And I wasn't really thinking that much about it. But so I was at my friend's house and we we're just hanging out and chilling the usual what we do on a daily basis. And one of my cousins who studies in Taiwan, well, I think she already graduated, but yeah. So she sent me a message and she sent me a screenshot of a list that had my name on it. And she was like, congrats. And I'm like, huh? What are you talking about? What is this? She's like, congrats, you got the scholarship, blah, blah, blah. And she sent me a link to check it out on the website. And I clicked the link and I couldn't find anything. So I'm starting to think, is this official? Is this just like a finalist list? And then they're going to cut it down some more because, well, I haven't received any emails. So like, I want to feel happy, but at the same time, I don't want to because I'm generally this type of person that expects the worst. Like I'm prepared for the worst. I'm not a pessimistic. I don't expect it, but I prepare for it because I don't like to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this or yeah, I'm going to do good. And when it doesn't work out that way, you feel devastated. So like I always have the worst case scenario in my mind. So eventually I got an email from the embassy and I'm like, oh, yeah, finally it's happening. So at that time, the only people that knew were my close friends that well, I hang out with every day. My mom, my sister, my aunt. And my friend's parents, like I didn't even tell my own dad at the time because, well, he's someone that's very proud. And when he knows news like this, it's going to slip out and others are going to find out. And to be honest, it was something I wanted to keep a secret, at least for as long as I could. Because in general, when people find out new things about you, they're going to be like, oh, wow, congrats. And more often than not, these are from people that have never talked to you before. Like you see the whole chains of complete 180. Like take, for example, at my workplace. So these people, they would enter my department daily. And most people tend to bid the time of the day, whether it's good morning, good afternoon, whatever. But certain people, they would never say a word. And now suddenly, now that the word is out that I got a scholarship thanks to an FB post, well, people are like, hey, congrats, blah, blah, blah. I even went as far as to laugh in someone's face. Like I couldn't hold back because I was laughing at how fake they were. But anyways, I couldn't control it because, well, news reporters put it out on Facebook. And well, it is what it is. So now fast forward to the whole process of having to get your visa and getting different documents authenticated. It was very, once again, hectic because it's based on the Taiwan embassy, which is in Belize city. And though it's not too far away from Belmopan where I work, you know, just having to go up and down, having to take a day off from work and getting a day off was kind of complicated when you have a manager that's very, I don't want to say anything rude, but yeah, let's leave it at that. So now usually there's like a ceremony for the recipients of the scholarship. And it's usually just, you know, the student and their parents or whoever comes along with them. But lucky for us, we had a special guest. And that special guest was none other than President Tsai Ing-wen. And well, thanks to that, the embassy wanted to make it a pretty good ceremony. So we had practices like maybe twice in Belize City. And they wanted it to be perfect. Like they wanted the perfection. I was like, damn. But whatever. So now here comes a day that we are going to receive our certificates or whatever. And to this day, I don't even know where my certificate is. Probably somewhere at home, but to be honest, I haven't seen it since that night. But yeah, so the president comes 
and in comes a bunch of guys in black suits. I'm like, oh, shit, this is legit because, well, all of her different security people and what's not. They even set up tape about how far away we must stand from her when we're receiving the certificates from her. But she was the one that stepped over the line, so we were pretty close to her. And, well, they couldn't do us anything. She did it. It wasn't our fault. So now we get our flight details, and on the day of leaving Belize, I expected myself to be kind of sad because, you know, you're leaving behind all your friends and families, and though moving to someplace new wasn't the f- it wasn't the first time for me because, well, I moved from Punta Gorda to Bamapan, but, well, you know, this time I'm moving all the way across the world. I won't be able to just take a drive down and go home, jump on a bus, or my friends come up or something, you know, it's not the same. Different country, different time zone, all that type of stuff. But despite all of that, I wasn't really sad. I was pretty much excited. And on that day, I was ready to go. So the perks of being in this big group of recipients is that you're not traveling alone. Versus if you're just like, you know, when people go and study abroad on their own, You're just jumping on a plane all by yourself. You're going to this new place all by yourself. But, well, for us, it was, what, maybe 20-something of us. So you're not alone. It makes the trip more enjoyable. So now we have layovers in Houston and San Francisco. So in Houston, I'm there just having something to eat and talking to guys that, you know, I just met through the scholarship. Because I'd say majority of the people I didn't know, I knew, like, maybe three or four prior to the whole scholarship listing, but everyone else was new to me. But we took the trip as a time to get to know each other, you know, just talk, talk shit, laugh, and that type of stuff. So now we get to San Francisco, and this is now one last step before this long-ass flight. And for me, like, I once took a flight from L.A. to Philly, which was what, maybe four hours, five hours. And I thought like, damn, I hate being in a plane this long. (laughs) Only to find out that years later, I would be going on a flight that's what, maybe 12 hours. And well, on a 12-hour flight, I just so happened to be lucky enough to have this girl that was also coming to my school sit beside me. And at that time, you know, she's much younger than me. And I found her to be very annoying. So I was like, damn, this is going to be a good flight, sarcastically, of course. So, but nonetheless, we're on the flight. It's okay, but it's not the most comfortable for me because the airplane seats, they're pretty small, and I'm I'm generally a tall person compared to the average person, you know. So being there for 12 hours wasn't so comfy. But nonetheless, I survived. So we land in Taiwan, specifically that of Taoyuan Airport. And when we get here, it's maybe 6 a.m. Taiwan time. So the project manager for the scholarship picks us up and we go in a van and she takes us off to, I don't know, this place to get a taxi. So I'm like, why do we get in one van to go to another place to get in another vehicle? Like, huh? But anyway, so we get there and the whole scenery is like weird. It's like, um, this place looks a bit sketchy. And, you know, coming from countries that aren't necessarily the safest all of us that came to my school at the same time at that year it felt like oh shit what's gonna happen now but anyways during that time 
we started to like you know find out each other's names and figure out what we're going to be majoring in who's probably going to be our classmates you know just just that interacting that first interaction so now they take us from Taoyuan to Taipei and they bring us to Shilin and we're going to stay at a hostel near the Shilin night market and don't get me wrong the Shilin night market as famous as it is is pretty nice at night you know have all these lights it's pretty crowded well pre-covid and what it looks good but during the day when it's empty you can see a lot of the old buildings and it just looks not that pleasing so we're like damn what kind of place are they taking us to and it just so happened that the hostel was like down some stairs off the main street so i'm like what kind of hole are they putting us in now we open the door and it's like, oh, damn, this place is nice. Never mind what I said before all of this. So now we get in there, you know, we get in the room. And when we open the door that's supposed to only be males, there's someone in a bunk and there's two slippers by his by the bed. And we're like, what the fuck is going on in this bunk? Is someone having sex in here? They told us this is only for males. And I'm like, hmm. And... Only to find out later, it's just one guy that had two pairs of slippers. A good friend of mine now. But I'll leave his identity as anonymous. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we get in there and everyone's just... We jump into our separate bunks and, you know, charge your devices. Contact your family back home to just let them know we made it safely and what's not. Because, of course, they're worrying about you. Because for most of us, if not all of us, it's our first time really leaving home on our own and especially for something this big you know such a long period of time and well just connecting back with them so you would think that after that long ass journey that was maybe 27 28 hours or something around there you would be tired and you would want to sleep but no for some weird reason all of us had energy so we took a shower and we said, you know what, let's go, let's go explore this cool because it's not too far away from the hostel. So we went. Sadly, Ming Tuan has probably the most stairs I've ever seen in my life. Maybe a million. I'm exaggerating, right? But when you get it, when you get to the entrance, it's like, oh, shit. You look up and you see all those stairs. It's like, damn. And when you get over those stairs, you see elevators. But at the time, we don't know the campus. So how can you jump in an elevator when you don't know what floor you're going to? So we decided, let's take the stairs some more. We're just walking and walking for no reason. And now that I look back at it, we were pretty stupid to be walking and walking up those stairs for no reason when we would have to come to school eventually. But yeah, so we go up and we get to the top of the mountain and we see the great view that it has. I'm like, damn, this is a pretty good view of like mostly that of the Shilin area. And you can see like Sanchong in the distance and different parts of Taipei. So... We get to the part where there's a track and we see the dorm that we're probably going to be living in. We're like, okay, not bad, not bad. Well, based on the outside. And so me and the guy from Belize that came, we both love basketball. And so we started to hear basketball's bouncing. And it just so happened that the school team was having a practice, like their summer session practice on in the at the indoor court. So we headed over there and we just stood there and we watched. And well, he wanted to try and get on the school team. So we waited and waited until the practice ended. But now here comes the tricky thing. 
we're not sure if we're going to find someone that speaks English. But luckily for us, there were like maybe two guys that knew English and we talked to them and we exchanged contacts. And that was just the beginning of what became like a pretty good friendship between those guys. So yeah, at least it wasn't an, a complete waste staying there and waiting. So now we're supposed to meet up with this girl from Belize. And luckily in Taiwan, almost everywhere you go, there's free Wi-Fi of some sort. So we managed to connect to a free Wi-Fi. I don't know how at the school, because now, now that I look back at it, I can't even think of a free Wi-Fi that you don't need to sign in with your student ID and all of that. But anyways, we got in. And so then we met up with her and us, along with the girl that I considered to be annoying at the time, went with us to Taipei Main Station to get something to eat. Okay, full disclosure before I continue, the girl that I'm calling annoying here, I'm pretty cool with now. Like it was just like it just took time for us to adjust to each other. And she's like a little sister to me. So all that worked out in the end. So, yeah, back to back on track. So we go there, we get something to eat and we're still like high on energy. We're not that tired yet. And well, we get there by MRT, which is our first time riding on the trains, because, well, you know, like back in Belize, we don't have that type of stuff. When it comes to public transportation, some places have like little buses that drive around the city or whatever but like in PG we don't really have that it's just like people get around by bicycles well sorry I don't know if we have that but most people get around where it's walking bicycles they might have their personal vehicle or a taxi or whatever it may be so but anyway so riding on MRT felt pretty cool because well it's a new experience so the girl from Belize was like the one who's been here before she was like do you guys want to go see Taipei 101 and we're like, well, let's go, because at that point, we still have a lot of energy. And what else are we going to do if we go back to the hostel? Just sit there and do nothing? Nah, we're here. We want to experience things. Sure, we have a lot of time ahead of us, but why not do it now? So we head down to 101 and through one of the exits, when you come out of the MRT, it just puts you right under the building. And well, when you look up, it's like, damn. And to be honest, to this day, that's the same reaction I have every time I see it. Okay, maybe not that serious, but it's like I admire the building. It's like it's crazy how tall the building is. And I could go there back to back days and I would probably still have the same reaction every time I see the building. But anyways, enough about a building. So we're there. And so now when we leave and we head back to where we were staying, she was like, you guys want to go near where I live and get something to eat we're like okay fuck it let's go we get on a bus we go we eat something we ride you bikes for the first time we're riding in this new country we're doing a lot for our first day surprisingly still not tired so we jump back on the bus by ourselves and it's like oh shit what if we get lost now because you know what if we miss our bus stop we don't know what we're doing we don't have data like that to know where we're going but anyways luckily we got back safe and sound. So that was pretty much day one. A day filled with a lot of activities. So anyways, let's look at Taiwan in general. So Taiwan is basically a country that's bigger than Belize in size. And that's strange to hear if you're a Taiwanese because a lot of them think that Taiwan is pretty small. And when I tell them that Belize is smaller, they're like, what, really? So yeah, so Belize is basically maybe two-thirds the size of Taiwan. 
but that's just in the size of the country, you know, the area. Whereas the population, Taiwan has us beat by a lot. So Belize is like under 400,000 people, 390 something, I'm not too sure. Meanwhile, Taiwan is 23.5 million. So imagine, Belize is two thirds the size, but nowhere near two thirds the amount of people. It's just crazy how populated this country is. And when you look at like the density of the country, there's a lot of unused land because of mountains. So like everyone is just situated in a specific location. And here comes the fact about the density. So because of that, they have a lot of tall buildings that people live in. And so, you know, coming from Belize, we don't see high buildings that much. I would say we, I don't even know what's the highest building in Belize, but I don't think we hit double digits for sure. Well, I'm putting my head, I can't put my head on the block about it, but I don't think we do. Whereas, like take for example, here I live at the school dorm and I'm seven floors up. Imagine that, just like that, just at a school dorm, I'm seven floors up and on top of a mountain. So I'm like all the way up. But yeah, so seeing all these big buildings is crazy. And I mean, it's not the first time I'm seeing new big buildings because I've been to the States and I've seen big buildings before. But now it's like it's a part of my everyday life. Everywhere I go, I see buildings that are pretty high. Okay, now let's go over to the safety of Taiwan. That's something that I really like about here. And I can't say the same about back home. Like, don't get me wrong. My country isn't like you're going to die out there, but it's still not safe to be out at all times of the night and whatever, whatever, because you can get yourself into different bad situations. Whereas here in Taiwan, I found myself walking at 3, 4 a.m. in the morning by myself and not really caring. At first, I was worried because like, you know, you come from a country where you're already used to be looking back behind you to see that no one's behind you or that type of stuff. And when you get here, you, you bring that same habit. But after you get used to it, it's like, oh, shit, I don't have to worry about this because I'm in Taiwan. But at the same time, I wouldn't say for someone to be too comfy because no place is perfect. There is bound to be crime. But at the same time, you can be more relaxed about your about when you go out. So now let's take, for example, walking through dark alleys. Back home, I would never walk through a dark alley by myself or with others. I just wouldn't do it at all, or rarely. Here, I don't care. I do it headphones in, and I'm cool. And also, like what? I lost my wallet back in, what was it, February? Somewhere there, somewhere around there. But so I lost my wallet. And I had, I had all my IDs in there, my bank cards and all that type of stuff. And I was like, fuck. Of course, I went right away to like pause or cancel the different cards. And I had honestly given up on getting back the wallet. Fast forward maybe two weeks or more after that, this guy I know that goes to my school messages me. And he's like, hey, my friend found this at, your, at his bar and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I wasn't there. I mean, I wasn't too far away from there, but it's crazy. So I go there and I pick it up. And the only thing that's missing, of course, is that of the cash and my easy card, which you use to get around on the buses and the train and what's not. But to me, that's whatever, because I get back all my IDs that I really didn't want to reapply for. Well, I did apply for one, but it saved me the time of reapplying for a bunch of different IDs. So 
that I could also contribute to like the safety in a sense, like you can lose stuff and there's a chance that you get it back. Whereas back at home, if I lose something, I just write it off and take my L. Whatever chances of me getting that back is basically slim to none. Another thing that I like is that of the transportation system. Besides being quote unquote pretty cool, it's very convenient. And it's up and running until what? Almost mid, like basically midnight. And the buses are also convenient and they have their apps. It gives you an estimated time of how far away the bus is from your nearest stop and all that type of stuff. So it's pretty good. But one thing that's funny when it comes to transportation is when I'm in Taiwan, I miss driving so bad because I drive a lot when I'm back at home. So I really want to drive. And what's crazy is when I was at home, I basically drive every day. So it's not super long distances, but I drive every day. And then I start thinking like, damn, I wish I was on the MRT right now or on a bus in Taiwan. I don't know why. Maybe it's because, you know, when you're on the MRT, you're usually going a long distance kind of. And that gives you time to just listen to music and just zone out and, you know, be in your own little moment amongst other people. And when I talk about going long distance, that is something I'm not too fond of. Like, take, for example, getting a haircut. I probably have to go maybe like 40 minutes away to, to see my barber. Whereas back at home, it's like, what, five minutes, 10 minutes, and I'm there. And so, like you know, it's very tiring to go get a haircut. You go all the way there and you come back, it's like, damn, you felt like you went on a long ass journey. Well, I mean, you did. So things being a bit more spaced out that I'm used to is something I'm not, I'm not a fan of, but I've grown accustomed to it because, well, you know, when in Rome, do like the Romans. So when in Taiwan, I just got to do what I got to do. And honestly, another thing I would say I don't like, or I didn't like is when people stare at me. Because when I got here, you know, being someone of color, they just look at you for some reason. I'm like, damn, is this the first time you're seeing someone of color? And it pisses me off because they just tear. And now I've grown to the point where I just ignore or I just tear back and make them feel uncomfortable. Because fuck, why are you looking at me like I'm some type of animal? I'm going to just give you the same treatment in return. And also, I had one very awkward experience so one day i went to a eye doctor and when i'm coming back to school i'm just walking and this lady sees me and she's like oh wow so big and well honestly i'm kind of used to people passing comments about my height and it's like whatever i'm cool with it but then she comes closer to me and touches my face because at the time my facial hair was going out i'm like what the fuck like i couldn't like i didn't even react i didn't curse her out or anything because, well, at the moment, I was just there like, did this shit really just happen? Like, I was more amazed by it actually happening than annoyed by it. But still, like, who the fuck walks up to a stranger and is like, oh, let me just decide to touch this person's face, not me. I would have never do that last day. But anyways, so yeah, and besides that, I have had friends that have told me about instances where they would touch their, like, people would just come up and touch their hair because they're interested in hair. I'm like, like, come on, where's the decency in just 
respecting someone's personal space and especially a stranger that touched your hair hell i don't really touch my friends here like that like i do it if i mess around with them but i know they know that i'm not doing it like it's not awkward it's okay because when we're friends they do the same shit back to me we mess around but like to just walk up to someone and like oh let me touch your hair like that shit is crazy that's beyond me so yeah and also with being a person of color to be honest sometimes it feels like you're at a huge disadvantage in reality you are and that's honestly almost everywhere you go in this world but like when i'm here my chinese knowledge isn't the best but sometimes you hear people mumble little things and you could tell they're talking about you because they're gonna drop like hey ren and if you know what that means like black person in a sense if i'm translating it right Okay, enough about all those negative things. It's just that I think more often than not, it's easier for us to recall negative moments because at that time they hit harder. And it's just something we tend to remember more versus the many good times we have. And to be honest, I've had way more good experiences in Taiwan than I've had bad ones. Like, to sum it all up, I love Taiwan. It's a lovely country that has a lot to offer you know in terms of you there's so much to explore that i've yet to really uncover and mostly because of well i have different obstacles in my way that of being a broke student and this whole covid situation that has put us inside and basically traveling doesn't make sense at this point in time but it is what it is i'll get to it eventually hopefully fingers crossed but with that said that's pretty much all i want to really talk about taiwan for today if there is anything you guys would like me to get into feel free to hit me up on the instagram page or if you know my personal page whatever it may be hit me up and let's see what you want to hear and i'm gonna talk about it fuck it until then peace